0: Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Feckin' Metal, I am your host Fergal Trainer. Now, it's been a very long time since I've released an episode, or since I've recorded one of these intros, Um, and there's somebody's fucking alarm going off in the background. Oh, do you know what, I'm not even going to edit this out. Yes, it's been a long time, I put up a tweet recently, and you can follow me on Twitter at Feckin' Metal Cast if you'd like. And I mentioned that I wasn't going to be releasing any more episodes for a while because I had some business to take care of in Belfast and Copenhagen. Uh, that, of course, was seeing Iron Maiden in Belfast and then heading to Copenhagen and Copenhagen to see bands like Judas Priest, Kiss, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Ugly Kid Joe, Opeth, and others. And I might talk about that at some point in the future, maybe not right now, but it was an excellent festival. Iron Maiden were excellent and I did then got really sick and had a sinus infection and it really took me a long time to get back into the swing of doing podcasts once you take a chunk of time off the motivation leaves you a bit i find and then maybe you get a bit of imposter syndrome you're like who the fuck do i think i am having a heavy metal podcast anyway uh, <laughs> these these thoughts cross your mind but i'm back in it now um I said to a couple of people I felt like I lost my mojo while well, my mojo was back, and I'm back, and this is episode 60 of Feckin Metal, and it's an interview with Jeff Crosdale, the singer from the Irish heavy rock band Strangers With Guns. A bit of a departure for Feckin Metal. It's not your traditional kind of heavy metal that I would cover normally on Feckin Metal, but it's also an interesting change, I think, and it's nice to cover an Irish band and learn all about the Irish music scene, of which I know very little about the chat goes all over the place and he talks about things like, well, the origin of the band name, which kind of jumps out at you, uh, songwriting, how he approaches writing lyrics, um, playing bass versus singing, uh, gigging, paying your dues, getting paid for gigs, not getting paid for gigs, all of this type of stuff. And I was fascinated to learn about the Irish music industry and how it works at that level. Uh, But the band has also released a number of albums and EPs and singles and things like that, so we get into all sorts of stuff like about Spotify and about um, how to grow your fan base and what it's like basically being in an Irish band and the scene that exists in Ireland and Dublin and the North and everywhere in the island. Uh, So yeah, I'm not going to leave you too long waiting for the interview with Jeff. I will say in advance that this is plagued by audio issues, so I had a couple of things happening. One, I was on my old microphone, which has since been replaced, and you're hearing this intro on the new mic, which has no audio issues, thankfully. Two, my internet connection was shit, and it kept cutting out. I think I've edited it so that you won't notice that, but it dropped out at least three times during the call, one time for several minutes. And it was an embarrassing situation for me. Uh, the internet in the old bedroom is seems to be getting weaker for some reason, the signal. Uh, I, I'm going to have to get an internet booster. Anyway... Audio issues, my volume is kind of all over the place because of the shitty mic. There's a bit of a background noise in some places, and there is a jump in audio levels. I messed around with compression, but it just ruined the sound of the audio. So, it's a bit jumpy, I apologise for that. If this is your first time listening to Feckin' Metal, please know that most of my episodes aren't as jumpy or shite. But I did have a bad mic for a while, and I've since replaced that. But yeah, I, I take pride in how the episodes sound normally but sometimes you just have to make chicken salad out of chicken shit to quote stone cold steve austin not that the content of this interview was shit it was far from it but what i was left with from a technical perspective was kind of chicken shit and i think i tried to make as good a chicken salad as i possibly could so with that in mind here is the chicken salad it's jeff crossdale from strangers with guns i hope you enjoy this here you go all right so jeff crossdale from strangers with guns welcome to feckin metal how are you doing this evening
1: yeah yeah good man thanks for having us on
0: no problem thanks for joining um so strangers with guns is a band i only discovered recently from interacting with you online and you are a dublin based heavy rock band is that how you describe yourself or how would you describe yourself maybe it's better coming from you
1: um I, I think we do have a bit of a grungy thing going as in we delve into acoustic stuff and all that, but like grunge is kind of a bit of a, you know, bastard sister, brother of heavy metal anyway, isn't it, Eddie?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: So, yeah, kind of, that kind of, because I think we go to a couple of places, like with different songs and different genres, but yeah, I suppose hard rock, heavy rock, alt rock, it all works, really.
0: Fair enough. And um, so, for people who don't know you, how long have you been around and what got you interested in playing the music that you do play at the moment, which is maybe a combination of heavy rock and grunge and however you described it there.
1: Well, whatever the Melvins are, I'd say, I'd say we're kind of in that kind of category. <laughs> do you know what?
0: When I was looking you up, it's a it's a name I, I came across frequently, but it's a band I'm not really familiar with, um, other than they had some kind of... Um, interaction with Neil Young <laughs> back in the like 70s or 80s uh when he was doing the Rust Never Sleeps album and I know there's your man Buzz with the mad hair but that's about all I know about the Melvins
1: yeah uh, they're, they're quite influential but like I actually wouldn't really listen to them too much but they do seem to like whenever people compare like whenever we play a set somebody you've never heard us before will ask us afterwards to say oh yeah he's Melvins fans and I was like I was like I, I can hear it like but um I actually wouldn't be the biggest fan of them myself but they have some really good tunes, like,
0: OK, so when I look up Strangers with Guns online, I can, find your, um, I can find your Facebook page, I can find your Bandcamp page, but I can't find any information about who's who in the band. And I don't know if that's by design or for privacy reasons, but can you tell me now who's who? You're Jeff, so what do you do?
1: Yeah, I sure can. See, we've recently had a line of change, so, um so like you can find information about us maybe on Break and Tunes, but I don't know anyone who uses that site. That's kind of like an Irish website just for local bands, really. I haven't heard of it, sorry. I, I don't know it's, it's kind of one of those things. Only if you're really in, like, um, if you're in a band, you'd know about it. Basically, that's kind. Of, it's one of those. So it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I do guitar, vocals. Um. Up to this point, I've kind of been writing everything. Uh. Recently, we lost our bass player, uh, Ricky. Um. I say we lost. Like he left. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> I don't mean to be dramatic. Yeah, yeah.
0: We lost him to an unfortunate gardening accident.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um, then we got um, uh, this guy uh, known as Wachi. Uh, he's quite known around the scene. He's been gigging himself since 2012. We were kind of delighted when he, he hit us up, actually, because uh, he was in a band where it's just a drummer and a bass player. And so obviously like he's a very accomplished bass player and he gets a lot of interesting sounds out of that thing. So mm. And, he, and he, he's a vocalist in that band as well, so I kind of thought maybe he could bring a lot to the party, and um, you could do, use his voice, like, it's, like you've heard my voice, it's not, <laughs> it's not exactly, like, it's, I'm going to do, I get out of it what I can, mm. that's how I put it. Yeah, he's got quite a decent voice as well. So it's exciting for the new stuff. And then our drummer would be Paul Rennick. Yeah. Uh, the, the hardiest man in Newbridge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I, see, I've been trying to get this band together since about 2015, just putting up a couple of ads on Gumtree uh, yeah. a couple of times a I year. was reading
0: that. So you were putting up ads on Gumtree, which were unsuccessful, and then Paul eventually answered the call and brought in one of his previous bandmates, who's now been replaced by your newest bandmate. Would that be accurate?
1: yeah yeah i almost I did the bio up again i think i just kind of wiped it a bit when ricky left and i was just wondering if it's because you're kind of trying to sell yourself and all. i wonder who even reads those things me <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, sorry. when doing
0: research for a podcast
1: <laughs> yeah. but um yes yeah, and then i've been jamming with Renick since 2019 and uh i think we've got a good chemistry and all that um
0: okay so strangers with guns you don't come across too many of them in Ireland. Where did the name come from? I'm guessing it's something to do with a reference to the United States. That's out to guess.
1: No, no, it's not an um, political idea, it's actually a misheard Queens of the Stone Age lyric.
0: <laughs> All right, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I remember the first time I heard that song, uh, I think I lost my headache by them. But uh, well, I only heard it once. And I was uh, just walking through the park, and it was stuck in my head. But obviously, when you hear a song once, like, you, you don't have recall of the words. But I could remember the melody. Mm. And I thought he was saying Strangers are Guns, but he was actually just saying, you know why, you couldn't have been further away. <laughs> so you heard what you wanted to hear? Yeah, I guess so. Well, like That's happened a few times. I've actually gotten lyrics out of Miss and other people's lyrics.
0: Actually, you know, I, I've had the same thing. Um, do you know the, the Aerosmith song, Dream On?
1: Yeah, yeah, I used to cover it in a band I was in, actually.
0: So there's one line in it where uh, Stephen Tyler sings, half my life in his, is in books, written pages. And I always thought he was singing, half my life is in ghost, written pages. And I thought that was a way better line because ghostwritten pages, it's like somebody else is writing your life and telling your story and you don't have a choice in the matter. And when I found out the real lyrics, I was like, oh, that's not, that's not even as good. as the, uh. yeah. So I can relate to what you're saying there. Yeah, so okay, it was just a misheard song lyric. That's very interesting.
1: And what, what you misheard there actually would work as well, because then it goes into something, fools and from Sages, doesn't it? Because that, that even works with the Ghostwritten Pages as well.
0: Live and learn from Fools and from Sages, yeah.
1: Uh, right, right.
0: <laughs> People giving you unsolicited advice. There's a whole thing. There's another one, a Metallica song. Um, What is it? It's like, um, Emptiness is filling me. And the real lyrics are, to the point of agony, and I thought it was to the point of irony. And I was like, that's fucking beautiful. It's like emptiness <laughs> is filling me to the point of irony. It's like, yeah, that makes so much sense. I was like, no, it's just agony. It's like, oh, <laughs> but, uh fucking hell. But yeah, I think sometimes we do hear things that are probably sound better in our own mind. Although that's probably your creativity at play. You're probably looking for a band name. You misheard that, and then you decided on your band name, so. Oh well, that
1: sounds good yeah I'll take
0: that yeah <laughs> <laughs> good stuff so you, you started in 2019 you've got Paul on board and um he brought in his old bandmate what was sorry what was that person's name again originally uh, original. Ricky Rick Roy Ricky sorry Rick Wright. yeah the, the bloody keyboardist from Pink Floyd was in your band originally <laughs> um interestingly no, joking um right yeah so okay so you're starting in 2019 you've released a few singles monkey king was the first one um then you had too tired to sleep and they both appeared on your album then degenerate which was or degenerate art sorry which was out again in 2019 so um so how would you describe the sound on those early singles is 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 that something that um was uh was it did you all have the same influences was that something that was kind of a composition or compilation of all your different influences together or how did that kind of come about um well the reason i
1: actually started a band was um I was just like accidentally writing songs so i had a lot of that first album before i uh, i met the lads so i've been going in and recording with just a session drummer that's why i was on vocals because i couldn't find anywhere to sing yeah yeah that's often the way yeah 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 so you know mustang got on vocals and all isn't it but um yeah so i was just writing songs and going in and recording them in a track mix studio there and then uh, that Monkey King song actually has, I don't know if you remember the band Republic of Loose.
0: I do, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, the singer from them, that's Mick Poirot. We got him on that track.
0: All right, okay, didn't know that.
1: Uh, yeah, we, I got in touch with him, and I thought that would open a few doors for us, and it did. Um, we got played on like 90FM and 2 X FM and stuff like that, because obviously he was a big name, I'd say probably what, 10 years ago now. Mm. And so when we sent that in, I thought that would be a good lead single as well. So yeah, we sent that in. The album was kind of written over the course ten years. The oldest song on it is uh, ten years old, so it's kind of it's a lot of early songwriting. So it's kind of like the fourth song you write probably isn't your best thing and all, but uh, yeah, it was all that kind of music. Like.
0: So there's another title that stood out to me. There it was one of your singles, "Too Tired to Sleep, Okay to Drive." Um, it seems like a provocative title. What's that about, or what's the inspiration behind the song title?
1: Um, I kind of like
0: doing that uh, old
1: bluesy thing of telling stories and songs. Yeah. And so that was just like a fictional story I came up with Um, a lot of the times. What are you drinking? It looks pretty good. (laughs) It's
0: a Seizu. my, I don't know. I know. I know you listen to one or two of my chats with Mick Wall, but he was giving me stick for drinking a Latvian beer. This is that. If you were listening to that uh, conversation, and he's like, "If I don't see some fucking Guinness here now in a minute, this podcast is over." <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it's in my local centre, and it's quite nice. So, and you get it in a oh, pint yeah. bottle, so it's five, six, eight millilitre. Let's well, we'll check that out. It's what? What sort of? Is it a lager? Is it It's what? a lager, yeah. I don't know. Um, sorry, where was I got distracted and You were talking about uh how you'd like to tell stories and songs, blues oriented, that type of thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, but a lot of times just kind of freak sentences just hit me out and uh two thirds of sleep, okay to drive. To... Yeah, it's just it's just kind of a sentence that hit me. Um that's happened with a couple of our songs like um like Monkey King is quite a mental song. It's a fictional tale about, you know, a drunk monkey and things like that. I just kinda I don't really like writing stuff too, um, I don't know, too real world and all, I think there's enough band to do that, so I kind of like to just be quite vague and try to get the right melody. And I like doing that thing that uh, Kirk Cobain used you talk about, actually, where you throw in something a little bit sincere and then you throw in something a bit jokey and a bit sincere. I think then anything sincere has a bit more impact if you're, if you're not constantly just being serious or something like that, then when you are, it makes more of a oomph kind of thing. Yeah,
0: what else can I say? Everyone is gay. What else can I write? I don't write <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, that's interesting. David Bowie used to do a bit of that as well, or cutting up pieces of magazines and newspapers and picking phrases out and then writing a song around them. Um, the, the, when the reality is, when you listen to interviews or read interviews with band members or, or m- like the songwriters from bands, you often find that the the songs that you held up in the most, in the, in the highest of esteem, were just written in a couple of minutes and are absolutely meaningless yeah I remember Mike Patton kind of saying he didn't like talking about the meaning of the song because
1: I I think it was him because it might mean something to somebody and then you come out and you go oh well it's this 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 or something like that then it's kind of
0: yeah but that but you know on the other hand I also think as well that like if you're writing song lyrics whether you realize it or not your subconscious is at play and whatever words you come up with might seem meaningless to you at the time but there's something there. Like there's a reason you came up with that word and not another word or that sentence and not another sentence, I reckon. Um,
1: yeah, true that. And our next album actually it's a lot more uh, serious and aggressive than the early stuff. But the early stuff I probably thought would never ever heard a light of day. So it's probably just about getting like the right melody or the right, you know, mm. the right parts to fit.
0: The right syllable kind of to fit to the beat. Yeah, of the song. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you find that easy to write lyrics or how do you find that? Do you do do it after you've written the music or the music has been written or do you do it beforehand? I actually find it to be the easiest part. (laughs)
1: Because once you have a sentence, I I tend to find you can just kind of riff off it. Um, So it's just about finding that first sentence. Like, um, I've even written lyrics in studio while uh, the guitars are being mixed and stuff like that and I'm just about to come in for the vocals, which Mm. I wouldn't recommend. But normally, once I kind of have a theme for a song, I'll do a couple of rewrites because I go... Because, you know, you, you sing it out loud or talk it out loud and, you Europe, know, that that could be cleaned up a little bit. It's probably what writers do as well. And mm. um, you're like, I can say that sentence better. But uh generally tend to fly through the stuff, yeah.
0: OK, so you a couple of singles released in 2019. You then released an album and you're gigging around Ireland. You're kind of doing gigs, not just in Dublin, but around the country. So how was that? And, and was that your first experience doing this or had you done it with previous bands?
1: I've been a bass player in bands before, which is a, it's a much better gig, I must say. Because <laughs> you can just kind of rock up and have an indefinite amount of points and not have that much responsibility, at least in the bands I was in. <laughs>
0: indefinite <laughs> yeah, points.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point where you kind of go, well, I, I, I have to play in 20 minutes, I should probably not have this next one or something. But um, but when you're kind of leading the band and pushing the band, you have to be the responsible one and all. But um, yeah, we, we played... But like saying that before this band, I'd probably played about fourteen gigs over the six or seven years. Okay. So nothing too much, and then um, I'd say in our first year we played we played most weeks. Like we used to play fibbers, uh just on random Thursdays as almost like a free practice.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just because we were trying to like hone our stagecraft, and when your first year, you kind of have to like uh, you know pay your dues, and you take every show going no matter. If, what you're getting paid or where it is just to kind of work on your craft and get new ears
0: on you so this is interesting to me actually so you're saying it's a free practice i'm guessing for some of those gigs in Fibres, then you didn't get paid
1: oh no if you play a Thursday in Fibres, you don't get it's you're doing well to get paid at Fibres at any time they're not really renowned for being paid gigs there
0: that to me is quite it's quite um stingy and yeah. it, I think it's wrong, actually, that somebody would get a band to play and not pay them any money. They're paying a royalty for every actual song they play on their PA system by a recording artist, but they're not playing bands who are creating original music, any money at all. I think that's completely upside down and incorrect.
1: No, I'd be with you there. You know, I do think Fibbers does serve a function as... Um, like for a lot of rock bands it's, that's the, in Dublin, that's the only place that they really get to play
0: yeah but they shouldn't abuse that
1: no no yeah true that and um yeah i don't know if i've nothing really to say in their defense now if you're a headline band and you're doing you're drawing you can probably approach them because we played one gig with a group there called the soap girls and i know they got paid but they were kind of brought over by a promoter so i'm not really sure of the ins and outs of that
0: hmm. can i ask you another question did you ever ask them for any money
1: uh, no, not in year. In first year, we were quite timid. Like now, we we've not really addressed in playing papers at this stage. Actually, hmm. we were um, talking to uh, a kind of booking agent that had a bit of interest in us, and you were saying, uh, "I want to get you out with Favors. Like, there's a reputation of like Fibers bands. Not to put any kind of like we we look like now, novel. It's kind of like you get lumped in as a certain type of thing. I was like, mm. that's the only place to really play or something. So uh, like a bass player loves Fibbers. <laughs> so uh, I'm definitely not like I like going there for a couple of points now. But uh, as far as playing gigs there, I'm not really interested in doing it anymore.
0: Hey, listen, I, I love papers as well as a customer, but I don't like hearing stories about them not paying money to bands. You could throw people 100 euro as a hundred euro as a gesture of goodwill rather than anything else and probably not destroy your overhead. Uh, in the process, especially on a Friday, Saturday, or even a fucking Thursday night, to be honest. Um, sorry, these these are just my opinions, uh, not yeah. yours. Um, but and they've expensive but, points there as well. Absolutely. Um, the worst you're breaking point Guinness. <laughs> I I don't I don't like hearing that sorry. or those stories. <laughs> like and then I'm I'm looking at bands and I'm enjoying them sometimes and I'm going I I really hope you're not taking a massive financial hit on this, um so that they can put up a poster to say that there's live music. But at what point then did you start? You, said, you mentioned something about a booking agent. So at what point do you start then requesting a fee or or not even requesting, saying this is our fee and we're not going to play unless you pay us this amount of money?
1: Uh, still to this day, we haven't done that. Just the, We started getting like, offers as opposed to... Like, for us playing Fibbers back then, we kind of messaged them saying, if there's any gigs during this date. And, like, I work in town, so I used to just finish off work. And you don't have to bring a backline or anything like that. It's one of the kind of benefits. You can just walk there straight from your job have a few points play your set and get the bus home mm. but um in terms of like in 2019 we weren't really getting the fees for anything like we'd be playing different parts of the country and around transport and putting ourselves up and all i definitely wouldn't recommend it but it was kind of what i felt we had to do with the courtesy i think a lot of fans do that stuff in the first year i'm yeah. not saying that's right but um and then kind of post pandemic when we started coming back every gig we've had since then has been paid and there's been some decent paydays like uh, we were offered to show in the important factory it was only 60 cap but we, we sold it out and we, we got like 300 quid for it or something like that
0: and like we're, like go back to Fabers here sorry and i don't want to dwell too much on this but no, like no, no, let's probably. say you, you, you had some singles out you know you had things on spotify and that type of stuff were you drawing a crowd were you bringing people in were you headlining
1: well, that's the joy of the Thursday things and fibbers is there's no pressure on you to sell any tickets because there's always going to be a crowd there. So it's weird. We'd all be kind of saying, I'd only ever try and really get people to come to gigs where we're headlining and i booked it myself because like we played yeah. a gig in the Thomas house and you book it, but that means
0: you're paying the venue. Pay to play kind of thing. No,
1: no, it's not pay to play. It's like you kind of you book it and then like you do the tickets.
0: Oh, you've rented a room and then you have to recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I got you. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's kind of the way you headlines so if you want to go outside that and just have a gig it's kind of like there's not too many options unless you're like an indie band i guess you can play the work ones every week
0: or something but Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so essentially with the thomas house you're saying you're renting a function room more or less and they'll allow you to do tickets on the door if you want
1: yeah
0: right okay there's a couple
1: of places like like a lot of places that you do that like Wheelands do similar gigs Wheelands have the midnight hour now which is good they give you 150 quid um, and you play from 10.45 till roughly midnight, and they pay 150 and things like that.
0: That's not bad, though. an hour and 15 minutes. For an up-and-coming band, you might not get that time slot, really. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, and then you know, there's a lot of competition for that. I think a lot of bands, like, playing, like, it's a good gig, like, it's a good gig to get on a weekend, especially.
0: So how do you go about getting that? Do they have to approach you? Do you sell yourself to them?
1: No, no, it's, um... Getting approached is uh, kind of rare. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. Like, I do a lot of chasing, so um, you kind of just email the promoter, and then you guys I like, can give you this date, and this is the same what you get for doing it. And then if you're interested, just, you know you're right back. It's pretty much it.
0: Regarding approaching people, does having a Spotify profile and a number of releases help? I'm assuming it does. That's a kind of a shit, stupid question. But like, what kind of things are 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 venues looking for are they what's their first question back to you okay you're a band but can, do you have this this and this like what, what are they looking for i'd say favors might be the only
1: place that will give you a gig if you have absolutely no online presence whatsoever
0: because <laughs> they're not paying you any money well that makes yeah yeah uh, yeah
1: like, but everywhere else you, you have to have like bare minimum of you know a bare minimum of a single on spotify and you do need that the social pages because they go look at that and um, i know actually the guy who books wheeling's i've heard him on the podcast which is what i heard before i actually went and approached him he says he looks at all He goes, to look at the spotify numbers and uh, what sort of business they might do and all so yeah all those things are definitely looked at
0: side point i probably cut this part out what what podcast was that and who was he
1: <laughs> hey, it was mark graham's irish music industry podcast uh, which is really it's a really insightful one on the irish music industry like kind of because he okay. asked hard questions and uh, it was Dave Adam who's the Whelan's booker.
0: Interesting. Right, I'll go and listen to that. Um, okay, <laughs> so... So, so you weren't only doing gigs in Dublin and Fibbers, of course. You were doing them around the place. You were doing them in Cork. You were doing them elsewhere. So, how, how does Dublin compare to the rest of the country? Where How, how are you re- received? Are you are you third or fourth down a bill at this stage? Or where are you placed? Um, uh, is this in Dublin or around the country? Sorry, just thinking back to 2019. No, you had a few singles out and you were doing a few gigs. In general, like... What's your positioning at, the, at that time?
1: Oh, at that time, like, um, like August was kind of our first single. So the year up until then was, uh, yeah, it was if you take any kind of slot on the bill. Um, and then we played Limerick. You know, we would have been, yeah, we would have been the first slot on the bill as well. And then even, like, when, again, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um, I'm saying we probably should have been hired and we should have been for certain things. But, yeah, you had the album out and then you might go down to cork and you're first on the bill you're promised you get paid and you don't get paid And there's lots of stuff like that that still happens these days
0: <laughs> so, okay you're, you're reminding me of the um, anvil documentary here so (laughs) you have a promoter that's promising to pay you and then they don't pay at the end of the night
1: yeah yeah that guy has a bit of a reputation he doesn't promote anymore but um so
0: what happens when the money's supposed to change hands what 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 actually
1: happens uh, well then you kind of have a decision to make on the spot whether you want to make a scene or not
0: (laughs) but but, but like how did he get out of paying um
1: they just give you nothing they just said uh See, but what we had to be played there is, we were given a time to be there and we, we got there, like, we were supposed to start our set at 9, we got there at 6, we were loaded in. Um, I gave your man a wave to let him know we were there, he waved back. <laughs> a sound joke's supposed to be at 8, you go upstairs at 8, Um, the sound engineer tells you to come back at 9. Then at like 10 to 9, you get a message from the motor saying, where are you, looked everywhere for you, and just this, this venue's tiny. Hmm. like i don't know if you've been in fred zeppelins in cork do you know
0: i have been in fred zeppelins in cork yeah it's a small venue <laughs>
1: yeah tiny yeah so we're sitting downstairs and we're like oh we're just downstairs we'd be up now and then we start playing our set and we get cut off after like four songs and uh you know a few words are exchanged it's like uh you just went here when you said you'd be here and you're saying all oh, this is my i said i'm oh, aware it was getting a bit tense and uh you know he was sat in his ground and i was like well you know it was kind of we're still a new band as i had to decide if i wanted to make a scene there and i guess i chose to work. i was like look let's just let's just leave don't know if we do that nowadays
0: but so he was he was orchestrating a situation that hadn't happened in order for him to justify not paying you basically
1: yeah and it was a bit crazy as well because they like they dragged us off after about 15 minutes and then the headline act didn't go on for like another hour so like there was a gap of about an hour with no bands playing i was like <laughs> I don't know why our sec
0: got called that way as well. That's mental. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand that. And I don't understand scumbags like that. But anyway, um, fair enough. Let's move on to a more positive note. <laughs> yeah. So after that, you're uh, you're releasing some more singles 2019, 2020. Um, you released a load of singles War, Lies, Say Wah. Uh Somebody Needs a Hug. Um, and a lot of these featured on your next ep or sorry one of them featured on your next ep sorry uh, disenchanted fetus which i think is one of the best names for anything <laughs> i've ever heard uh, but there were some like there were some singles sorry that were um what were they they were on they were from the previous album and you released singles after the album was released and then you released one in advance of the disenchanted fetus ep is that right uh, yeah disenfranchised fetus, <laughs> disenfranchised <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fetus sorry okay so what is a disenfranchised fetus it was actually a,
1: a big argument to the band because uh our bass player ricky hated it he just hates he, he said that it sounds too black metal to him and i was trying to explain to him that like being over life before you're we even born is like quite a funny concept but he wasn't really having it he wanted to call it disenfranchised child and i was like that's just kind of tragic <laughs> i mean it's the kids being
0: through some stuff yeah I mean like the the other only place that I can recall here in Fetus is in dying fetus. Yeah, same uh, as, so yeah. yeah, I can understand that. So is this is this kinda when, you know, um the anti abortion or pro abortion debate is at its height? Is that when you kinda come up with this name? No,
1: no, I just thought it was funny concepts, the idea of In general Yeah, you're okay. not even born and you're already kinda pissed off at life.
0: <laughs> oh right, okay. So something to do with that. No, no,
1: nothing. Um like that. Um and then all those Reika singles you mentioned that was just
0: me trying to figure out a uh, Spotify really enjoyed the lambs on playlists. <laughs> okay. But do you know, it, it's interesting to me because looking at it there on Spotify, you have different artwork for all of them and a lot of bands don't even bother with that. Well, they firstly, they don't bother with any singles or like additional releases. Secondly, the artwork might be like an afterthought and these all have a definite kind of different artwork differentiates them all. And there's a, a slew of releases and i don't mean slew in a negative uh, way i mean in like in, in a positive way in that like if i'm following your band i'm going to kind of get notified it's like oh there's a new release there's a new release a new release etc etc so it seems like a lot of bands are kind of doing that now and it seems to be a good way to manipulate spotify
1: yeah and that's the right word because um like i don't know about every other metal band out there but i just want to be heard by as many years as possible and you know like, if we were depending on CD sales and you still have gotten CDs made up, like, I don't think anybody's really listening to us on Spotify. And, like, it feels like we're flying on it at the moment. And a lot of it is kind yeah. of due to uh, how we went about releases and even timing it. And, like, like for playlists on Spotify, you have to pitch it. And so every so every time you release a single, it's kind of like a free shot at um, landing a big audience. So that's why we released
0: so many. Uh, even if it's something that's already been on an album uh, yeah which is that's interesting to me because I don't understand why more bands don't do it yeah I think uh, what was it Trailer was the first thing where everything was a single (laughs) (laughs) or at least there was like at least seven of them or something like that same with Def Leppard what was it Pyromania or Hysteria or something like that they had about like seven or eight singles
1: it's funny though what you said about the artwork because in year one I didn't like uh, I used to look after the artwork Renick looks after it all now But uh, I work in an art gallery, so I just take pictures of stuff that would be on the wall, and then that would just be our artwork for the singles.
0: And did nobody care or question? Yeah, uh, well, a lot of it <laughs> would be know? kind
1: of out of copyright. Like if people had a couple of hundred years, then I just assume, like you know, some local band. We're not really going to get sued, and if we are, it'd be great
0: publicity. So <laughs> kind of public domain stuff. Yeah. So I noticed one something you had was it was a T-shirt or something like that had like um. Was a two-pack and then Bob Marley and then somebody else on it? I was, like, I was looking at this guy. are they public domain images or what's going on here? Uh, yeah,
1: that's our Teespring account. And we use Teespring because like there's no overheads. There's no us paying like seven, 800 quid to get a load of t-shirts made. It's yeah. just made to order stuff. And uh, Renick, our drummer again, he looks after that and he just kind of, he just made that up for those. He's like, all right, I, I think we've sold one of them. But okay. uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a fun t-shirt. I thought that might do some business But. yeah uh,
0: <laughs> here, I nearly bought one earlier. But, yeah. um, maybe I'll go back. I have the tab still open, here, so I might do one afterwards. Uh, you could double your sales. <laughs> but uh, okay, so disenfranchised fetus. So that was an EP. Had four songs in it. So is there a constant artistic desire in you to create new music? It seems like there's a drive. Just looking at your your short history since 2019, there's always stuff being released.
1: Um normally
0: after i write something like when
1: the general air came out i was like wait that's the band kind of empty i've got no other songs there and then i immediately just like wrote those four songs so i just play sometimes like get my dad's back out he's got like a shed out there with an amp in it and uh, just wrote those songs really quick and i was like all right let's especially in 2020 when the pandemic started like nobody was releasing so i was like i think there's a good window to get a lot of people to hear us so that's that was kinda of the thought of dropping that and there was a bit of response as well to I don't know what I thought about the there. I thought I had like notions of <laughs> I was like, Oh, we do the song with the Pyro and everybody will hear our songs and it will get kind of big or something. <laughs> you know, as you naively might at the start of your music journey and uh So I kinda of wanted to get that it
0: as quick as possible, really. And that came yeah.
1: It was a, it was a year later, but we started dropping singles around.
0: Yeah. So you have um, "fuck the American Dream." Uh, that one stood out to me. Where did you get your opinion from? Following the wisdom of crowds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yes, where where to get your opinion from? Followed all the wisdom of the crowds. That was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. T- to be honest, I, I think my brain is that kind of you know like when if you have an exam the next day and you study all night and then have to do the exam, you can't remember any of what you just failed though
0: absolutely yeah definitely i kind of that. get
1: that with lyrics where i'll be kind of like in the sound and then i'll write something then if you ask me a couple of weeks later i'll be like what I don't all know. right see so yeah. i'm the
0: kind of prick who will pick over your lyrics and ask you questions about <laughs> <Yeah>. them, <so. laughs> there's another one that was from that ep it was a doctor smile it's like it's a good thing what is it a leopard never changes its spots it's a good thing you're not a fucking leopard i thought that was a very very good thing <laughs> <one. laughs>
1: yeah that's actually the line we've had most that's got like repeated back to me um I think it's just now that song I do remember because um, I just kind of know a lot of people who are like, uh, like I am the way I am and they do something and they just say yeah you know what I'm like and I just kind of I kind of hate that attitude really.
0: I have no filter that's one thing I hate. Well, get or I'm, I'm too
1: honest a- when people say that and they're talking <laughs> shit like.
0: <laughs> just that's not an excuse to be an asshole. I don't yeah think. of course yeah. so. also in that song there's a line that says is mindfulness a con (laughs) which i thought was very good
1: yeah because i suppose i thought that thing where it's like um trying to get people to maximize how productive they can be by like here's how you deal with the burnout rather than maybe you shouldn't be you know working so hard it's just like here's do this and you can work even harder like so
0: Mm. yeah no it was an interesting take all right yeah i thought it was very good um i just noted a couple of things there yeah (laughs) I was just saying there, Fluoride in the Music, which is also on that Disenfranchised Fetus EP. Uh, I was wondering, is that a reference to... That's on Become a Pope, that's on the EP afterwards. Right, yeah, so he released that in advance of Become a Pope, and it was on Become a Pope, but it was after the Disenfranchised Fetus yeah, EP. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Grant. So, to me, when I saw that title, uh, I just thought of Jim Carr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Really? but <laughs> well, the fluoridation of water and his conspiracy theories and all that type of stuff
1: i know he's a big conspiracy head but i don't know what his um his views are i've never dealt with
0: well water fluoridation is one of them i'll have you know if you go to jimcore.com you can find that
1: uh, what, what's he say it does it makes us more placid or something or what's it doing
0: uh yeah i think so basically it's it's um it's dumbing down the population to make us more agreeable to anything that the government who are all baddies in this yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. scenario <laughs> yeah that type of thing you know it's usual kind of yeah although i don't know i don't know which on which side of the fence you stand as regards conspiracy theories so maybe you're looking at me going yeah he's fucking right um that is like different ones at different levels of merit like I, the most obvious one i'd say
1: is you know like the kennedy one stinks like more than anything else to me but i um, other ones I haven't really delved too in, much into. I kind of just say, no, we're never going to know.
0: All right. Okay. So Become a Pope is your next album. Fluoride in the music is one of the songs from that. And it's out in 2021. You've got um, eight songs, I think, on this one. And uh, it's your second full-length album. So how was it to release your second full-length album? Um,
1: we're actually going to put it out there and claimed it was like a double EP because I've never really heard one of them. <laughs> Okay. Because obviously, (laughs) you know, um, there's a lot of double albums out there. I haven't really heard double plays. Because the second the back end of it's kind of um, more acoustic and that kind of stuff. Um, And every song on it was kind of aimed at being a single, nearly. Mm. Like they were all around that three minute mark. It it was a bit of an experiment because this album that we have coming out this year, um, like they were all written around the same time, and I kind of wanted to build momentum for that. I, yeah. I thought if we just keep like dropping these singles uh because uh, you know i've I've read every industry book and like for the new music industry and how to make spotify work for you and get the algorithm and try and play this so pretty much everything on this was released as a single and then i uh, just put them all together and called it become a pope which is like uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of discordianism it's just a reference to that religion no i haven't no sorry um yeah what is it uh, to explain it a bit um i don't know if you know the band the klf they were kind of my introduction to it um no it was just yeah uh, it's kind of just er- Eris is their like leader she's like the goddess of chaos the greek goddess of chaos and um just saying that there's no real order to things and like the world is complete chaos and your mind perceives order to be there but it doesn't really exist you know? it's, a, it's a bit of a joke religion like um the, the number 23 thing
0: they're going to as opposed to all other religions oh yeah yeah but this is company. like purposely <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. like flying flying spaghetti monster kind of stuff. yeah 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 Yeah. okay all right okay i got you all right okay interesting um so you okay so that was kind of released during lockdown um become a pope uh did that affect its popularity its its penetration to use a horrible word <laughs> uh, or how was that for you because it was like bang in the middle of the pandemic
1: um it's hard to say that was actually um that was only november last year that's out so that's not it wasn't too bad like we were supposed to have a launch party for it and uh that actually got cancelled due to covid and all. So that was a bit of a nightmare it wasn't
0: okay so it, pro- it probably wasn't bang in the middle sorry but it was still kind of pandemic-y like, oh, no, i think no, we're a lot was- a lot freer now than we, we were back then yeah
1: yeah absolutely and all the singles were kind of during the pandemic um yeah It was a weird time for the band because, like, in 2019, I was still living in the parents' house, so I was able to throw a bit of money into ads and into, you know, some kind of PR stuff and all. And I I wasn't able to do that for um, anything else. But we started incorporating music videos, which we didn't do in the first year. Like, we did have them, but not the way we have them since. Like uh, that thing I was saying earlier with the Booker from England and all that. He's seen the video we had for the song "Can'ts." of disinformation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah, so that's why he actually booked us to play in a stand and call in england on the basis of that video so uh, those kind of videos gave us more of a lift than
0: like any of the songs on their own to be honest right so so are videos still a worthwhile pursuit then for a band like you personally i don't watch videos at all if i if i have to look at the thing while listening to it i it frustrates me actually and I, I become immediately disinterested that's just me i'm 36 years old i don't know if that's relevant but i don't watch music videos but how have you found them as a as a mechanism for releasing your music
1: i'd yeah i'd probably have the exact same view as you really i wouldn't watch the only time i'd watch um music on youtube would be uh watching loyal gigs actually um, yeah well yeah same yeah yeah i'd never watch music videos but um I think, um, like, I was, before the band actually started, I was trying to, you know, like, uh, write movies and screenplays and things like this. Oh, yeah. So uh, that kind of played into it a bit. And our drummer was insisting on us doing videos. And I think because uh, none of the other bands around us were really doing it as well, it seemed like a way to really differentiate ourselves from, there's a lot of them just do lyric videos and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So... uh, They're not not worth the shit, really, I don't think. I mean, like, unless it's just because you're... Lyrics aren't already available on the internet, which I found yours weren't actually. I I went to look for some of them and I couldn't find them. But um, if if it's a substitute for that, then fair enough. But like, I would never sit there and watch a lyric video. No, I think it's just a handy
1: little mix-up for some people because, like, otherwise it's just a picture with the audio behind it. So they might just one of the band might do or they might just hire someone to put together a quick lyric video on the cheap and. It's better than just having a stale image, maybe, but it's like it's only
0: one step up from that, I'd Yeah. So, but have your actual videos been a success?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It feels like yeah, they've done more for us than anything else. Like especially, right? Yeah, especially the the cans video and all Like they get kind of reference to us, and sometimes yeah, when people like sometimes in my job, like even the other day, someone's like, "Do I know you from somewhere?" I was like, "No," and then he was like, "Oh yeah, somebody needs a hug." It was it was weird, but um. Those videos, like, that's they've kind of like left more of an impression on people than any of the actual songs on their own.
0: Do you know what's funny uh, for, for me is that in preparation for this, and I do try to learn a bit about people I speak to uh, if I don't know it already. Um, I didn't even consider watching any videos. That's how this. That's how far removed i am from the concept of a music <laughs> yeah. video in 2022 is that i didn't even consider that you might have any music videos i was just like well i'll just look up this and i'll look up that and i'll look up this but i was like I didn't even consider that so no, no, well, that's probably reflects on me more than anything
1: i'd be the same as you man i'd be the same but it's just we just start doing i don't know i guess i felt it because i know um even as big as spotify is just because i listen to all these music industry podcasts youtube still uh, is more popular for people listening to music than Spotify
0: Insane yeah. Insane and I don't I don't I, I don't disbelieve that either Um, Okay so you've got an album launch for your next album which is mad uh, so since 2019 be- between 2019 and 2022 you'll have three full length albums is that right?
1: Uh, Basically yeah
0: uh, Well two full lengths and a double EP
1: um, So yeah but th- I suppose if you put them all together this will be uh, t- like it'll be you know 36 songs so i guess you could call it like three four lengths, effectively
0: anyway so you are having an album launch in Whelan's in dublin on the 15th of july in 2022 that must feel good to be outside the other end of the pandemic and to be able to have an event like that
1: uh yeah i can't wait i'm looking forward to it um we're playing with a band you might actually really dig uh, vendetta love um don't know if you know
0: that's him. that name sounds familiar i couldn't tell you where i've heard it but it sounds familiar
1: uh yeah your man is one of the best voices that i've heard in a long time and um, we're playing with crown or not as well who are actually kind of somewhere more similar to us they'd be kind of got a bit of that melvin sound but um yeah really looking forward to that and we're not really playing any other dublin gigs we're trying to kind of save it for that and everyone we're going to try and invite is going to be to that like you don't really want to play a gig like three or four weeks and then try and get everyone to come to your album once later so that's kind of our
0: big one for the year good stuff and then just in general about the musical style of the band you, you tend to opt for more spoken word vocals is that a deliberate choice for the sound of the band or is it a DIY kind of thing where that is what you can do and you make the best of it yeah
1: exactly what you said there that's kind of what I can do um, now I've kind of like the the new album, uh I've actually learned that uh, like I can roar kinda of decently. Okay. And um, there's a little bit of singing on the end of our last E P but it's very low. I, remember, I just remember Jerry Cantrell saying, you know, you can do something with your voice, you can make it passable and then I've just heard like a lot of terrible <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's something to because even his voice it's not really like it's it's okay, it's passable. Like it's better than mine, but it's still like Yeah. So you kind of just have to work with what you got.
0: And I'd be a big Kenny Rollins
1: fan, so you can probably hear a bit of his influence on in our music. Do you
0: sometimes. know what? I know his name, but I don't believe I've ever listened to a Kenny Rollins song in my life. Oh, right. Sorry.
1: Well, yeah, he's a big influence on this kind of... He, does, um, he kind of goes between speak and shouting and things like that, so...
0: Yeah okay that that's a very positive outlook for me it's like you can do something with your voice you just kind of just need to find out what it is and and, like, and when you look back through like the, the pages of history you look at people like Ozzy Osbourne and like he couldn't really sing that well like and he and he just no he's got a mad sound of voice and he just made the fucking best of it like and, fair fucks to him. and like if you want to go outside heavy metal or rock even into folk like Bob Dylan again you know has the most unconventional singing voice in the world but he's one of the most famous singers in the world so how about that um just some final notes on some of your your song lyrics and your songs in general uh lies of omission uh excellent song title i thought if you recall i know you said you kind of go into the zone when you're writing songs but do you remember why you wrote that or what that was about uh
1: funny you should pick up on that one that's actually him that's the oldest song i wrote so i should be like I don't know. It was only like twenty or something like that, and it was just um, it was just a habit I know some people I knew had where they weren't making stuff up, but they purposely kind of, you know what I mean? That you, so if you said to them, it would be like, wait, where when did this happen? We didn't you say that. It's like, oh, well, I didn't say it didn't happen. Yes,
0: and good. that that's what the lyrics go into, like, uh, yeah, which yeah. I which I find is really interesting. It's like it's kind of like the selective story people tell you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like you know they they tell you bits and pieces, but like. I was like, I guess technically you're not lying, but you are kind of thing.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Very good. Just I I like the phrase itself, actually, it stood out to me. There's a great song you had, um, called Problem Is You and um I think that was on was that on your first album? Degenerate Degenerate Art?
1: Yeah, I was glad you liked that actually. We dropped that from the live set, um, it felt like a track or something, but I was the only one. that. No,
0: there's the an record. excellent part. I, I actually noted here about two minutes, 49 seconds in where the riffing just increases in intensity and there's just a beautiful instrumental passage there towards the end of the song that really, that made me pay attention uh, more than anything else in, in the first few songs I listened to. Oh, a
1: funny thing about that one as well is uh, I had the, the verse and the chorus all for that song and then the day before I was going to the studio, I was like, I don't know how to end this thing. And so I was just jamming on the guitar trying to come up with something. And I was like, I don't even know if this works, but this is what's going down. Yeah. And then I went in and recorded it and it worked.
0: <laughs> it worked for me. You have a song called Fortune. Uh, I noticed the lyrics, Fortune favors the few who've got the balls and the view. Or at least I thought that's what you were saying. No, that's is, it, that, yeah. is that talking about the music business?
1: That's uh, just life. <laughs> but um, that's that's a song we've never played live and is widely regarded as our worst song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I was trying to kind of rip off a Stone Temple Pilots song there on that one, actually.
0: Okay. Um, another thing I noticed was that you have a misprinted CD available on Bandcamp for €50, Euro, where <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it says Strangers with Gungs. How did that come about? Was that the only misprint? And have you sold any of those?
1: Um, Sell so none of them. I think I gave a few away. And I think I, I have, there's only one of them left, so that's why it's just up there for 50 quid. Just hoping that, I don't know, some American might felix you know you think look at these nfts and all this shit i was like hey, you can buy this then <laughs> but um yeah uh what happened back then is i was spending like I, like i was working um, you know full time and i work in the, with the public so i can't like really be on my phone and i was doing all the work in the band and trying to get the pr and get the albums made up and all that mm. and so i was going to be like you know texting in my pocket nearly and sending emails in my pocket and i wrote gongs instead of gongs and so we ended up getting Oh you wrote it. Oh yeah, yeah, so when I was sent he goes like what text on the front of it and I was like uh, degenerate art strangers with gongs and your man never picked up that was a clear typo so that's just what he gave us. Oh,
0: that's there's partial blame for the person who didn't uh, pick up that that was a typo as well.
1: Yeah, but it was, it was one of those things. that It always feels like if you make a mistake, like you're never going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. All right, so how many how many releases were issued under the name Strangers with Gungs?
1: Oh, and as soon as the CDs arrived, I was actually kind of slow to know. So I took a picture and sent it to, it, I think, someone in the band, and then they just said, it says gongs and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and, uh, oh, bollocks. Yeah, um... Now, I don't know where they're all gone. We got 100 of them. um, But I've had to move house probably three times, so they might be in my dad's attic. I don't know. I only know where one of them currently is. (laughs) But we didn't shift that many because we ended up getting the proper CD shortly afterwards.
0: Fair enough, okay. Just to finish up, um, you wrote a song called Never Thought About the Money. Is this an ode to the independent artist or what inspired the title there?
1: Um i tend to just get lyrics once i just start playing i'm just going to start you know just riffing out, sucking my head and then that just came out really not to ruin okay. the magic of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well magic ruined no i messed with um no it's grand um no okay right good stuff look that's all i kind of had for you and um, those were my thoughts on your music and you've provided a lot of insight as well which is great uh, i love hearing about the irish music scene and gigging and things like that. And I think that will be interesting to a lot of people as well. Have you had much contact with um I don't know the the guy's name who runs um the gigs up the north. Jesus, what's his name again? Uh
1: James Loveday, I think, as well.
0: Yeah, I was trying to get him to do an interview a while back and I asked him a few times and he he accepted my friend request on Facebook, but he just didn't reply. I was like, I'd love to speak to him because up the north it just seems like um it feels a bit a bit foreign, you know. Even though it's still within the same island, it's still kind of a country removed from here, and um, it's it seems like a smaller scene. Even though there are a few rock bars, like um, how have you found gigging up there?
1: Eh, uh, well, we played with pigs, pigs, pigs. I don't know if you know that band.
0: I've seen the name. It's like it's pigs written like a million times. That's pigs by seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen it. Or people call it Pigs X Seven. Um I loved it up
1: there. They treat us better than we ever got treated down here. Like they had like a, a load of cans there for us and you know, we got paid and all before the gig even and uh we got yeah. a good long sound check and everything was great. Um yeah, it, it's yeah. something about there, but I loved the setup.
0: So. Good stuff. And what about in Dublin? Whereabouts have you played in Dublin? Other than Fibbers
1: Uh Whelan's, um Thomas House go vermagon blank on drop dead twice that's a good venue that's not really used that often uh, drop dead twice that was quite good
0: is that in philipsborough where, um, where is it um where is i've gone by it i can't i can i can picture it but i can't it's recall near where it is,
1: kind of thomas street and um, it's not too far from thomas house there's like
0: oh is it up on like francis street or mead street Yeah, or yeah like yeah that? it's around there Oh, it's on Francis Street, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, re- I remember queuing for the Tivoli, and I think I remember seeing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I think, yeah, yeah, that's around there, yeah. Um, God, where else we played? I'm just going blank on it, to be honest.
0: <laughs> no worries. No, you named several places there. Where can people keep in touch with you? How do, how should they follow Strangers With Guns?
1: Um, Well, I, I don't know, it's just how I look at it, but Spotify is always to be-all and end-all, so if you just follow us in that, it'd be great, but um, <laughs> uh, anywhere, uh you could message us on that, if, like, we're always open to chat, I'm dm us on instagram or facebook or something like that be sure to get back to you um
0: all right look thanks thanks a million jeff for coming on feckin metal as a guest i appreciate it and i hope people out there will have found something interesting and new to listen to because this is not the style of music that i normally discuss or uh promote on feckin metal but it's great to actually spread my wings a little bit and look into something a bit different so i'm glad that you came on and basically shared your experience of being in a band in ireland with everybody else because that's something i haven't done before spoken to an irish touring gigging and recording musician so it's been great to have you so thanks a million i really appreciate it
1: oh cheers and i'll start you with a vip ticket for that album if you want
0: excellent yeah i do So there you go, that was Jeff Crosdale from Strangers with Guns. Their album release party is tomorrow in Whelan's in Dublin. Whelan's is a great venue for live music. If you've never been there and you're thinking about going, or you were thinking about going, this is your perfect excuse. Or if you're just in and around Dublin in general, looking for a good rock music gig to go to, why not head to Strangers with Guns, support the local Irish music scene, a Dublin based band, um, even though Jeff lives in Mead. Uh, But yeah, uh, if you're around Whelan's tomorrow, have a pop in uh, have a look in and, and support the lads. I really enjoyed that chat, everything about the Irish music scene, things like your position on the bill and that promoter who tried not to pay and even stuff like the artwork and putting artwork on the singles and photographing things in the art gallery and, uh, stuff about conspiracy theories and stuff like that, and even, even music videos in the modern age and their place in the modern age of, you know, pr- promoting and presenting music online. But everything in there was was interesting to me because I find the music industry quite interesting and I love quizzing people on it and getting their take from their perspective. So that's going to do it for episode 60, Effect in Metal. I am going to get another episode of the Virtual 11 series out ASAP. That's next on my agenda. And I have an interview with Stephen from Oath as well, which I'm eager to get out too. That was another one that was plagued by technical issues, uh, mainly internet at that time, not mic issues uh, as much. So I'm going to try and make some more chicken salad out of that. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to chat to me on Twitter, it's at Cast. That's really where you can find me most. I've been your host Fergal Trainer, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>